<laughs> hey, good girls. Welcome to Between the Sheets, a podcast about books, sex, relationships, and occasionally our messy personal lives. I'm your host, Kels. And I'm your host, Denise. So grab a drink and get in bed, you dirty little sluts. Welcome back, bitches. That was our new intro. Wasn't it fucking slapping? I was listening to this and I was like, oh my God, I we're fucking official podcasters now. I know. We are literally pros. We have a whole ass intro and the intro includes your favorite things, listener. Praise and degradation. Like, I mean, (laughs) woo woo. (laughs) Guys, we are super excited about tonight's episode. I am still in shock. I am freaking out because we are interviewing Sophie Lark and Business Daddy. If you told me that I was going to meet one of my favorite authors, I would have been like, what? And then if you had told me that I was going to interview one of my favorite authors with someone that I met online like six months ago, who I now run a podcast with, I would have been like, wait, what? I still can't believe it. It's like a childhood dream I never had, but this one actually came true. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) I think we've talked about this, but what was the first book that you read by Sophie? It was definitely Brutal Prince. I found Sophie through a Goodreads list recommendation from Mafia Romance. I had just started getting into more darker romance as part of my reading experience on BookTok. And Sophie's book was right there. And I said, fuck it, let's go. Best book to start off with is Ada. You know, yep, you can't go I agree. wrong. Well, you know what really sold me? And this is like the incredible work of Sophie Lark and Business Daddy is the tagline of Sophie's author description that says, I write intelligent women. I was like, what do you mean? I'm intelligent. And she even said that was her best selling tagline. As it and should be. It totally makes sense. I agree. And what book did you start with when you started reading Sophie? The first book I read by her were There Are No Saints, and I immediately was sold. This was right around Halloween of last year, 2021, and I am obsessed with serial killers and true crime, and so when I found out there was a romance book that had a serial killer in it, I was like, sold. And then when I found out that Cole had hints of like Hannibal Lecter, which is one of my Mm. all-time favorite, you know, franchises, I was like, everybody else can just walk out the door. Like, I agree. You know... (laughs) I'm not into dark romance, but Cole was something else. I don't even like to pretend. I, in my mind, delete the fact that he's a serial killer. And instead, he's just this, like, sweet guy who loves Mara. He he just builds sculptures. It doesn't matter that some of them are made out of human remains. But Nope, no, blocked out. That has been blocked out from my mind. Oh my god. We are super excited for you guys to listen to tonight's episode. It is our first ever interview. So the audio is a little weird, but we tried to make it as smooth as possible. This was definitely a DIY podcast and we will be talking a lot about DIY in this episode. But just give us a break because we're still figuring shit out. Our first ever in-person interview occurred so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And we definitely couldn't say no, but we didn't want to make this like your typical author interview. We didn't ask her anything about how she got started writing. But more into our favorite things, which are sex and relationships. And we deep dive into Sophie's and Business Daddy's relationship. We find out why they are as intimate and as close as they are and why the scenes in their books are so, so deliciously accurate. Hint, hint, the gym scene. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason they look so fucking hot all the time. (laughs) And it's not because of working out. Well, enjoy (laughs) today's episode. We have a very, very special guest. 
Our first guest, Ms. Sophie Lark, author of the Brutal Birthright Kingmakers Underworld series and the Sinners Duet, which we absolutely adore, and joining her is Business Daddy. I'm your host, Kels, and I'm drinking a Grapefruit White Claw. And I'm your host, Denise. I'm drinking a Pineapple High Noon. Thank you guys so much for having us. This is Sophie Lark. I am also drinking a Pineapple High Noon because Denise just showed them to me, and they are the shit. Mm. Hey, it's Ryan. I'm also drinking a Pineapple High Noon. I'm also addicted, and we're excited to be here. Thank you so much for being on here with us, guys. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast will discuss adult topics and have swearing. Opinions are entirely our own, so please don't take them seriously. Okay, we're going to start off with our first ever rapid fire questions. Sophie, business daddy, we're going to play a game of most likely to. For example, we will ask who is most likely to burn down a warehouse and you have to answer on your first instinct. And you can choose yourself or your characters. Most likely to have a foot fetish. Oh, Nero. likely to be arrested for being drunk in public? Um, I guess Sabrina. Like father, like daughter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Most likely to not have social media? Mikolaj. Mikolaj? Most likely to be TikTok famous? Well, me right now, but, you know, I could write a character that is <laughs> better at it than me. A couple that is most likely to be caught doing the nasty in public? That's Sabrina and Adric, 100%. Most likely to get the most tattoos. Well, Miko is head to toe, so I gotta go back to gotta mm-hmm, go back to him mm-hmm. on this one. Most likely to be the person who screams shots at a party. Mm, I'm gonna go with side character Shay Wagner from Kingmakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The most likely to write a book. Well, again, on side characters, the only writer character I've done so far is Kara, Anna's little sister in Kingmakers. But I, I would definitely love to do like a full length thing where a writer is the MC because mm-hmm. I think every author needs to do that at some point. Awesome. Most likely to never read a book. Uh, let's go with snow for this one. <laughs> Fair point. Most likely to get divorced. Oh, out of my couples? Mm-hmm. How dare you? I know, I know. We were like, we gotta throw it in there. I could see Sabrina and Adric doing it like out of spite, only to get together again really dramatically. I love I that answer. That. Yeah. I love that answer. Most likely to have the highest number. Oh, that's that's Nero too, probably. Nero. Nero. Just a little slutty. <laughs> <laughs> and the most likely to have their private parts pierced. Um, let's go with, surprise, Anna. (laughs) I love that. I could see her having her nipples pierced. I know, seriously. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, now that we have warmed up, let's start with the hard-hitting questions. When was your sexual awakening? Oh, I was like one of those... People who from a very early age is like noticing all the weirdest things in movies. So it's like, I'm not even really sure. You know how there's just movies you really love and then later you go back and watch them and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I see what I liked. Do you have one in particular that really hits home? Well, the last one we just watched was Flash Gordon. And there's a scene where the magician like freezes the girl and is like, doing like crazy things to her and this is a child's movie and i was like this is i mean 
this is kinky as shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like this, put, this put seeds in my brain. <laughs> Business daddy, would you like to answer? My sexual wink? Yeah. I mean, it's 100% Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, that was the original love triangle. Her so and Zach and Slater. When Sophie has that like wave going, I'm like, I love it. <laughs> okay, so you write almost everything into your books in terms of fun, sexy, great, exciting play. Yes. But do you have any sexual hard passes? I am very much a like I'll try anything once person, and when people are like hey, have you ever tried anything in your books? I'm like, I've tried everything in my books. Like, <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> I try it, and then I write it out for you guys. <laughs> Is there anything that you wouldn't do again that you have written in a book? No, I mean... No, I'm really I'm really very open, like, if the situation is right and the circumstance is right. Okay, so the gym scene, guys? Yeah. Oh, uh... the multiple gym scenes? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have a home gym? <laughs> it was you not. guys I remember are... seeing a picture with you with a home gym. <laughs> it explains why you're built so well. <laughs> mm-hmm. We work out a lot. Okay, so since you guys have been together for a long time, it's normal to go through ebbs and flows with libido. So as a couple, what is your favorite non-sexual intimate activity? Oh, well, we we just have a lot like built into our daily routine because we work together all day long. We work out together every morning. Yeah, it, it probably needs to be our every single morning we get up and we work out together before we take the kids to school. So yeah. that's that's got to be our absolute favorite. thing. And a lot of nights we'll like sauna together. We just do a lot of just routine things. We cook together lunch like we're just together all day long. Yeah. The, the gym scenes make more sense now. I know. <laughs> I know. Why do you believe your relationship has worked out for as long as it has? I would say it really has to do with the habit of putting the other person first. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's like literally nothing that I won't do for Rye. Are you guys very pro-angry sex or resolve first and then make up? Both. 100% yes. both. It's been both. Usually since we're both giant babies and when we fight we just like cry a lot. It's mostly like resolve first but we've had some fun kinky like... Let's really work this yeah, out. Yeah, I would say I would say it depends on how it would depend on if a line of like really hurt feelings was crossed. Yes. If a line of really hurt feelings was crossed, then it needs to be like a reconcile and then yeah. something nice. But if, we but just if got it's like spicy. if you're like right up to that line, then it's gonna be angry for yeah. sure. Yeah. Then you're lighting it on fire. And I'm like, let's just fix it right now. <laughs> Dante and Simone vibes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where that goes from. What is something sexual you haven't done yet that you want to? Oh, what have we not scratched off the list yet? We have tried almost any everything. Though, funnily enough, one weird one that we just did like two weekends ago, we finally had hot tub sex because we don't have a hot tub. And we went to this like really nice Airbnb that had a great one. And then we defiled we def- it. <laughs> <laughs> Our last Airbnb, by God. Yeah, we're we really grew. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right, you have to answer as well. What so. was what was the? Um. So, uh, the what is something se- sexy you haven't done? So, like something that you would want to as well. Hmm. We are pro male and female opinions. We've really tried a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> You're like scrolling through the list. Like, probably like sex in a private plane kind of thing. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. There we go. That's a good one. I like that. Okay. 
That sounds nice. The mile high, but in a yeah, I'm not, I can't even fit in an actual airplane <laughs> by myself. So it's really we're gonna have to go up to <laughs> private. Yeah, our bed's not gonna happen. I think this is a, gonna be a question for everyone. What is the strangest place you all have had sex? Gotta think on that a little bit. I've done strange places. What is the weirdest places? Not a private jet, clearly. I can give an answer. Is it gonna be the trashy one? <laughs> I should think of a trashy one. I don't, I don't know. What's yours? What's yours? So I could tell that Ry thought of one and I was worried it was the trashy one, but I'll just say the trashy one. One time after Pickleball. Oh yeah, this is the one. I wanted, I had seen like this really cute, like sexy tennis outfit and we were going to play Pickleball and we thought the park would be pretty empty. So we went and played in this like outrageous, sexy 70s tennis outfit. And then we went and hooked up in the public park bathroom, which is Pretty gross, but it was no one died, and it was fun. <laughs> and it was attached to some other thing because afterwards you made me buy furniture. Oh yeah, she wanted to go buy furniture, so she hooked up with me, and then I was in like such a great mood that we went. We and bought, bought so much of... furniture. Yeah, That's what I do. That is yeah. my move <laughs> in my relationship. When I want something big, I'm like, I gotta get do something big first. Yeah, get them in a good mood. Then... Yeah, yeah. It's not like they won't say yes initially, but it just sweetens it a little bit. It, it gets might a put cheerful them, yes. Yes, yeah. it will get them in a better mood. To More say furniture. Yes. <laughs> More furniture. That's so funny. What about you? The closet of a parent's bedroom. Not my parents, but the guy I hooked up with. We hooked up in his parents' closet because they came home when we were in their bedroom and then <laughs> had to hide <laughs> In We're, the closet. But you so finished? you finished? We finished the job. I love the commitment. We're Nothing already else. here. Do you have a good one, Cal? I, The only one that's coming to my mind right now is we were having a picnic at a public park and there was no one around. So we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know... Like, summer dresses are just perfect for that occasion. I know. That's true. Everyone deserves to experience the great outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've hooked up a couple times on hikes. That's hot. Yeah. The hike's hot. I've had hikes some forest sacks. It's really fun. Yeah. Except when you get a splinter. No, yeah, no. Blankets. Blankets. But when you're hiking, there's no blankets. No. Oh, yeah. I don't hike. We, we, like, go grill in the woods, and then you bring... Then you have a meal after. It's like... True. I always like to have a meal after. Yeah, no. <laughs> snacks. I need snacks. Are you guys a before dinner or after dinner? And you had time. Would you guys rather have sex and then eat or have a nice dinner we and then? a would 100% not eat, hook up for like a long time, and, and then, then have snacks after. Meal. And our perfect meal is that Rye makes the grilled cheese and the vanilla ice cream cones. Not me. I sit there and watch. That mm. is our perfect yeah. scenario. In okay, bed, wait. like, do you eat it in bed or on the couch? <laughs> We're not bringing the grilled cheese into my bed. <laughs> okay, that's so. actually a story in our marriage. We've been married for about three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> I tried to bring a ham sandwich, and at midnight, she came marching in the room with the plate. She had a plate with a like a cold meat sandwich <laughs> and chips, and I was like. Uh uh-uh. uh. I said, turn it around. She's like, what? Line. She's like, what? she had a, it's like chips in her mouth. She's like, what? What? I'm like, this is a line we are drawing right now. We're not eating in the bed. I thought I knew you. You really flipped the script she on me. She was so mad. <laughs> and I was like, and do you spill when you eat? 
Oh yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Same. We would have crumbs and chips and then I, I cannot sleep if there is sand or crumbs in the bed. I hate it. So what I'm hearing is that you guys might need to open the door to some food play in the future. Yes. Or your kitchen is very <laughs> well broken in. <laughs> it's had some fun. <laughs> so since you guys have three kids, do you have any fun conception stories? Well, the first two were normal. Paigey was IVF, which was the most unpleasant experience, but it was really cool because you get to see the moment they put the little embryo in. And so that was really beautiful and unique because I watched it on the ultrasound and it was really cool. The other thing that was really funny was I had the hottest anesthesiologist that anyone has ever had. And when he walked out to tell Rye that like I was all set and done, Rye was like, what in the hell? Set it down hell. We had been to the place a bunch of times, and then she, I'm in the recovery room checking on her, and this, like, super hot Grey's Anatomy dude, <laughs> he, like, leans in, he's like, hey, hey, Mr. Lark, he's like, hey, you were great in there, Sophie. And I'm like, not fucking kidding. I was like, what the, who the fuck was this guy? Never seen him before. And she, she already had the guilty look on her face. Like, I know. IVF, you have to like give yourself shots every single day for a couple Many weeks. times a day. And it was really funny because I wish I saw someone else later kept every needle that she did. She had like this huge bin of them. And I was like, oh, I should have done that because it's such an interesting way of like quantifying physical pain that you went through for something that matters to you. And it's, it was, I don't know. I liked seeing it for her. That is beautiful, actually. <laughs> okay, right. What male character of Sophie's reminds you of her the most? It's 100% me. Nikolaj. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Why? Most of her characters, she takes some kind of element of me and puts him into the male character. But two of her characters, she put in herself. And one of them is Mikolaj. He is just like the part of me that is very pulled into like dark and moody and gothic sort of things and just it's like the two opposite forces that function on you one like the pull toward cheerfulness and one the pull toward like melancholy and darkness and that's who Miko is when I feel like steeped in sadness and then Rai is my Nessa in those instances he is like this constant light or Leo in the sense that Anna's just yes. a gender swap with Miko yeah Anna is the is the female version of Miko and Leo is her sunshine Cute. crying break number two <laughs> <laughs> So the real question is, is have you recorded him without his knowledge to, you know, watch while he's walking around the house? Oh, <laughs> I take a lot of creep shots of Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly under, like, surveillance. <laughs> surveillance. You gotta constantly model. When house. she first started, because she, she didn't use a lot of social media or we were not taking as many pictures and videos before. So when she first started, I was walking into traps all the time. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a lot more. You figured aware out your now. angles, your yeah. surprise angles. Especially when you first were on Edibles, I got a lot of mm-hmm. comedy content for Love Larks before you wise up. Yeah, she would be like, "Hey, come on in here." I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> this seems like a good time. Oh my god, that was one of our first best performing ads. Was Rye was. A very blitz, and he was looking at one of my books and like making faces at all of the scenes and just overreacting to them. And I took like a four-panel shot and ran an ad of it, and that was one of our first like viral ads. Was him making faces to? The I book. love that. That's so cool. She also 
took a video of me walking out with my shirt off, which was really upsetting because it was the first video of ours that ever went viral. We went to bed with 10,000 views and we woke up with 70,000 views. Oh, we were views, so excited. And I was so pumped. And then I found out we just went viral on gay TikTok. <laughs> they were not nice to poor Ryan. Yeah. Some, of the, comments, some they, of the comments were complimentary. Like, I don't think there's anything that special about it. And I'm like, <laughs> they were like 8 out of 10. Like, just like, brutal. <laughs> TikTok can be ruthless. It's brutal out there. Well, we were in the nice little book community of kindness and support. And then when we ventured out into the wider world, we got slapped. We had just hooked up. I was like, we'll we'll do it again. (laughs) I was ready to get another one out there. Every shirtless take, you're like, this could be my next viral video. (laughs) You have to pose, getting spray tanned. I think they took it down. I think they were like, that's enough. It's too sexy. It's too sexy. It's too sexy. I want to know some inspiration behind some of my favorite scenes as well as Kel's. So one of mine is Nero uh, fucking Camille on the car. Where'd that come from? (laughs) I love classic cars and that the whole story of Nero and Camille is very heavily influenced by like Grease and Rebel Without a Cause and all the movies that are from that era. So I was like, there's no goddamn way we're doing this book without them fucking in and on the car (laughs) like many times. So Okay, I love that. And then another one of mine is the spy uh, wanting to be drowned by Nyx during some very fun times. So that particular scene... I I've, I wrote a couple of scenes in Kingmakers in that underground pool because it's just a very like visceral space. Kingmakers is such a difficult series because I always had to find places for the characters to be alone together on campus and ways for them to go and have dates and do things in this very constrained environment, which is why after four books I was like, I have no more ideas for this. <laughs> so, so I had that cave. I wanted to have them do a hookup in there and I had just found that song, I Feel Like I'm Drowning, and I was really thinking about the kind of pressure that the spy would be under and the pull that you often have when you have these obligations to family versus romantic obligations or other obligations in your life and just the way that you can really feel torn in two and like it's impossible to win and that you can't possibly live up to the expectations that are just pressing and pressing on you and I was a little bit thinking about Rye because something just told me that he would like love that song and he's one of those people that has a very intense sense of duty and he really wears the weight of his responsibilities and his loyalties to other people really heavily so that's kind of what I was imagining and then that song I hadn't even played it for you yet when I wrote that whole song and it turned out to be one of your all-time favorite songs so that's like a very special scene for me too because it's just it's about how one of the best things that we can do for our partner is to be their escape in life when like life is just too fucking brutal and it's just crushing you like you can really lose yourself in that other person I'm fucking crying <laughs> I love this because a lot of people think that people read romance for the spicy scenes or the smut scenes and they think it's just for like a sexual, you know, a sexual experience when in reality there is just so much meaning and depth behind why these characters are hooking up at that time and in this space and how much relation it is to real world things that are going on. So this is the real refutation to the assertion when people say that romance is just porn. It's like, no, it isn't because porn is erotica. It's just about sex whereas romance is about the emotional significance of the sex act like that scene is 
is the climactic sex scene of the book. It occurs before the climactic action of the book because it is the moment where the two of them are most connected to each other. It's it's the real joining point of their relationship. It's so much more than just sex. That is the reason why I do like that scene. I feel like he just gives her this power over him and that was so beautiful. And it is why Nyx is one of my favorite characters because she's just yes. melded in such a different way. When the spy hands over his power to her, even in this like very intense moment, it was just, very beautifully done. It's nice to know like what the background of it is because yes. now I love it even more. <laughs> I feel like that probably speaks to you, Denise. Nyx I love as a character too because Nyx is almost a fantasy character. That's why her chapter starts with her mom's myth, her mom's story that's like a folk story because Nyx, everything about her imagery is like a mermaid. Her name literally means like water sprite because she is like a force of nature. She is magic in the spy's life. She changes everything for him and she causes basically like an act of magic in terms of what he thought he was going to do going into their relationship and what ends up happening. <laughs> so good. <laughs> well, I have multiple, but there are two that kind of stick out to me. The first one is the basement scene in Heavy Crown with oh. Sebastian. I know it's very similar to Ivan and Sloane's scene as well because it's captive. So those scenes are just so similar that I, I want to know, were they inspired by the same thing? Have you used clothespins? What's the... <laughs> so I definitely am and always have been a big fan of BDSM and captivity, which is why Stolen Air is like my all-time favorite book of my own. I don't know what it is, but something about being a literal prisoner of someone and like the Stockholm Syndrome that can develop and the weird ways that you're completely at odds with each other, but also the incredible intimacy of them having to care for you the whole time while in that position. It's just so emotionally fraught. So I love writing iterations of it. I'll probably write more iterations of it. And in that particular scene, I was very into writing props into my scenes in that particular point. I, I had just done Heavy Crown and done like the barn scene with the writing prop and everything. So I was kind of trying to think to myself of like something kind of fun and unique I could do in that one. And that's how we ended up on clothespins. <laughs> <laughs> There is actually a lot of crafting in your books. Oh, a yes. lot of uh, DIY. Yes. It's very fun to read about. That's my, like, I want to be a spy background. A lot of my experience is making a little MacGyver tool. To... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Dean and Cole like to make their own toys. Gift giving is very clearly their love language in one way. Have you ever created something that you've been proud of. <laughs> Ryan's very creative. Specific to those, he's more of a systematic tester. So it's more that we have tried every single possible iteration of that kind of thing that you can ever imagine. <laughs> I also just love that your hand movement went into a circle and stroking up and down. I just... You know, you know. We've done it all. Yeah, my body, it's muscle memory. <laughs> we should definitely get sponsored by like those custom dildos. Yeah. <laughs> if you are a custom dildo company, please call. <laughs> you should see if Sivian will sponsor you. Oh. Oh. The first book that I read from you are There Are No Saints, and it was the first time that I actually listened to a playlist while I was reading the book. And the most iconic scene that I it lives rent-free in my head is when Mara fucks the random guy on the canvas after Cole embarrasses her, and you're playing Stupid by Ashanko, and it is just, and Cole is watching, and the whole aftermath of that scene is just so fucking iconic. I need to know 
how that came about. So that that's one of my all-time favorite scenes too. And it a little bit breaks a rule of romance that some people are very strict about, which is no cheating and no fucking someone else once you're with the person, you've laid eyes on them or you've connected or whatever. But I, w- I was in a little bit of a pickle in that book because I knew that I didn't want them to have sex until the very end of book one because that particular scene is so important to the, the course of their relationship. But I wanted there to be spice prior to that. So I had the one scene with them, but I wanted there to be more than that. So I was that's kind of what like brought me to the initial idea. And I really also just needed a way for Mara to really hit back at Cole. Because one of the dynamics, I love an enemies to lovers dynamic. And one of the things that people had told me that they love in Brutal Prince is the back and forth, the way that they're one-upping each other and attacking each other over and over. And I wanted to do that in like even a little bit more of a sly and manipulative way in this particular series. So that's what I was really playing with is their aggression to each other, the way that Cole is constantly trying to control and manipulate Mara and she's continually fighting back at him and resisting and rebelling in ways that he doesn't expect. I completely agree. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Mara is kind of like Sabrina and Ada. Yeah. Kind of meshed together a lot. Yeah. Bad girl energy. There's overlap because I occasionally write a sweet and kind character, but I want to write bad bitches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking true. But the thing is, this is why you're a phenomenal author and so much of our favorites is because... You write the sweet characters as badass women as well. Like, you give every female character an opportunity to be this strong-ass woman. Well, I do I do love to watch people grow. Like, I really, I really want people to be different at the end of the book than they were at the beginning. And you just give every kind of trope, person, dynamic. There is just so much going on in each of the books. I just kept reading thinking, okay, it can't be something new. And there was always something new in each of the books that I clung to or enjoyed. And I feel like with yeah, every couple, it's hard to pick favorites, a favorite couple, a favorite person, just because they're, you can connect to so many different ones. Yeah. Every, each character is, is a pillar aspect of, like, there, there's always a different dynamic to explore. There's always different things they connect on. This is just my absolute abhorrence of tedium. I can't do anything twice, so. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it makes the book so interesting, and it's why you want to keep reading. I've never read a series where I've loved so many couples yeah. at once I love that. and it's like all of the couples or you learn so much because yeah. each character has such a different interest and hobby that you can tell that is so fucking well researched that you believe that the the person is into cars into basketball they have or an aura. dancing they have a or whatever aura. yeah i'm an absolute research addict and what we were talking about before kels i don't read a lot of romance while i'm writing because i really try not to draw from other books at all and i especially don't read in whatever niche i'm about to write in so like i didn't read any serial killer books when I was about to write one but what I do is I watch a shit ton of movies Mm. and music and documentaries and I read nonfiction and I just really immerse myself in whatever the general topic is so if it's the art world every movie that we watch for a month is something set in the art world or something related to it and it really helps to kind of build the image of the world these people live in inside of your head well it's actually exactly why your books are so like visual you see them play out so well in your own head and I we were talking about this before but your spicy scenes all of the intimacy is not confusing in the savage it wasn't confusing in none of the books there were no questions about the mechanics of things the choreography of a sex scene is so 
difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sure. And writing my first like three, three scenes, I was like, how to describe it when there's two women? You can't just say her. Like, it was so complicated. Yeah. yeah. Very well done, though. I agree. Very oh, well done. I had been jonesing to write FF scenes as well as threesome scenes, and I was... I. That's why we came out swinging in that book, like, right out of the gate. Yeah. I was like, let's get to the good stuff. Those first, like, seven, eight I chapters know, of know. The Savage, I just... I remember it was, like, 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm not putting this down. And <laughs> Opens my, the bedside drawer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my husband's, like, trying to go to sleep, and I was like, excuse me, sir. Um, <laughs> wake, wake up. Wake up. up. You want to read this very interesting scene. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you guys both so much for being here, being our first guest. I hope we um, popped your cherry for being in person for the first time. I can't believe we're a virginity trope now. Oh. <laughs> thank you guys so much. That was such a blast. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on social media at KD Between the Sheets on Instagram and Twitter at KD in the Sheets. Our podcast will be available on all major streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts once a week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That was okay. so good, you guys. Thank you. That was a blast.